Hey, what's up, friends, and welcome back to my creative space. Today's episode is just me and you, one-on-one, having a nice chat together. From the title, you can probably tell that we're going to talk about money. Yep, Uh, I'm not super comfortable talking about this either, Um, but it's an important part of our daily lives, and it's something that I think we should just talk more about. So the title says it all, zero to 60K in my first year as a creative slash photographer slash video editor. And I just wanted to break things down on how I got there in the first place. Um, And to sort of give you some general stats, I'm not sure if these are super accurate, but it's from census.gov. The average, or sorry, the median household income um, in 2018, I believe, was around 60,000. Now, it's a little bit higher in Washington State. I believe that goes up to 70,000 or so. But um, yeah, I honestly never thought I'd make that much. I never thought I would uh, get to a level where. I could safely say that I'm supporting myself by doing a creative endeavor, but um, yeah, here I am, and and I wanted to at least break down certain things that I thought were uh, contributed to the success of my career, and so again, this is not a comprehensive list. I came up with 10 things that I thought uh, really helped distinguish and define my career this year. Um, and again, you know, these may or may not apply to you in your particular creative field. I think I'd like to make another episode, um, giving sort of like general creative career advice. Uh, but as for now, uh, I can't even say if these are advice or not, but these are just things that I've learned, uh, from the last year and a half. Actually, technically the last three or four years. So number one, and probably most important, is to have fun. It's okay to not go all in on your dreams. You know the cliche saying of shoot for the moon and if you don't make it, you'll fall among the stars. And while I think some creative fields require you to go all in, for me, I just liked photography. I just picked up the camera one day and really enjoyed what I saw and really enjoyed the process and I had a hard time putting it down. Now keep in mind, I worked a nine to five for three years, a year and a half as a contract and a year and a half as a full-time employee, um, doing my 40 hours a week, clocking in, clocking out, working on the office life, but I always was drawn to photography at the end of the day. And no matter how tired I was or no matter how frustrating a day would be, I always wanted to come back and learn more about photography, whether it's actually picking up my camera and using it or learning more about editing. Whenever we hung out with friends, I would always have my camera with me and I would always try and take pictures of them, um, or just 
pictures of anything wherever I was. So my first point, again, is to just have fun with what you do. Don't worry too much about turning into career or turning it into a thing that creates profit. Really just enjoy the process. All right, my second point is consistency. Consistency is key. If you're not going after your dream, is it really your dream? So this ties back in a little bit with my first point about having fun. I think because I had so much fun, I just wanted to do photography every day. And yeah, there's days when you get tired. There's days when you get exhausted. There's some days when um, I didn't pick up my camera. But for the majority of the time, I was always learning. I was always practicing. And if you notice that you're doing that, it's a good sign. Now, I tell people too, like, if you enjoy it for a month or two or six and one day you decide, I'm kind of over it, kind of done, I'm kind of bored, it's a good indication that, you know, that may not be a thing for you. You know, I took a painting class once and uh, I never painted ever again. <laughs> um it's not that I don't like painting, but it's just something that I'm not super interested in. Uh, it's not something that I like enjoy, and it's not something that I wanted to pursue more. So at the end of the day, I appreciate painters. I appreciate the process of learning how to paint, but it just wasn't for me. And so being okay with allowing yourself to explore and just understanding that if things don't work, Things don't work. But if you find yourself consistently practicing on something, whether that's music, video, photography, then I think you're on the right track. There's something that you can work with. My third point is to understand the difference between a hobby versus the side hustle versus the main hustle. So again, as a hobbyist, just enjoy it. Just have fun. You're there to not pressure yourself. You're not there to make money. You're just there to enjoy the process and there to enjoy the art. And that's honestly how I feel, how I felt, excuse me, how I felt when I first started. It was, it was just fun. When it started becoming the side hustle, you're noticing some return on investment. And this is, I think, the part where if you notice yourself sort of ramping up in this part, chances are you're also on the right track. So a good example for me is when I first started with photography, uh, I was really into nightlife at that time and just asked the promoter one day and said, hey, you know, can I take photos for you guys? I, I noticed that, you know, you guys didn't have a photographer for your last event. Just want to see if I can pitch in and help. And they're like, yeah, sure. And offered just a little bit of money. And I was like, whoa, okay, cool. Like it wasn't a lot, but I was like, you know, I'm going to practice. I'm going to have fun. Uh, I'm going to learn how to shoot high action in low light, which is pretty difficult. But if you can master that, if you can find places to practice that, you know, you're in a good spot. And so <clears throat> I didn't make enough to supplement my whole income, but I made enough so to where I could call it a side hustle. Um, 
And obviously, you know, the main hustle, it means that you're doing it as a career. You're doing it to support yourself. And I would say that in any of these cases, still have fun. Uh, I have to remind myself now to to have fun, to enjoy what I do. Um, some shoots are going to be better than others. Some clients are going to be easier to work uh, with than others. But uh, that's the nature when it becomes a career. Um, <clears throat> and so I won't say that like I haven't lost the passion, but I will say that there's balance between having fun and exploring and learning versus being able to provide service and being able to provide uh, value to other people. And I think that's really the difference between um, just doing it for fun as a hobbyist versus actually doing it as a career. So point number four, research your industry and understand the market value for your goods and service. That's a lot of words. What does that mean? I'm not an economist. I don't really know, you know, the fancy economic terms that people use, but I do know there's the law of supply and demand. If there's a lot of supply and not a lot of demand, the value goes down. There's not too much supply. There's a high demand value goes up. I mean, just think about Supremes or whatever the, the hot new clothing item or fashion uh, statement is today. There's a lot of demand there's not a lot of supply, guess what? Those shoes or those clothes skyrocket in price. I think it's the same thing too. When you want to get into a creative field, just think about what are the demands. Now again, let me just back up for a second. I'm talking about how I went from zero to 60, right? Um, I'm not talking about how to enjoy your art. I'm not talking about, you know, anything on those lines. I'm just saying, as for me, when I stepped into my role as a photographer and video editor, I made sure I looked around, did my research and asked myself, how many people do I know do what I do? And how many people are successful in doing what I'm doing, right? I weighed those risks and then I went for it, you know. This, this again, this subject, I think, is something that I can talk a lot more about. Maybe like that can be its own episode because there's some things, let's say like if you want to become a music producer, um, you know, there's one, you should do it if you, if you really feel like you want to do it. Um, but I also caution people whenever they want to go into something that's really niche and competitive, um, to just remind them and know the risks of going into something. And there's a lot of risks of going into photography, and I had to weigh those out too. And I think that was part of um, the anxious struggle of being a creative, which was, you know, I know a lot of people who do photography, and I know that not all of them have turned out to be successful or to have careers. Um, And so, you know, I was mindful of that and... I knew the risks and it's way riskier to be a photographer than let's say like a computer engineer or someone in finance um, because you know more people in those areas and you know that those, there are jobs out there and you know that they will pay well. And so um, 
yeah, just just have a mindful understanding of what you're getting yourself into uh, before you like jump into the deep end. And you know, for me, I was lucky to have a network of people to sort of lean on. I knew people who were able to build successful careers out of being a creative. And so that's actually my fifth point, which is to connect or work for people in your industry. I tell people that all the time that I'm very lucky and I'm very blessed. And the reason why is I just feel like the people that I was with from the beginning really helped propel this career. Austin from Mean Creative uh, was, is, was and still is, you know, one of the huge pillars in my life and really helped network me into various companies and uh, various opportunities. If you're able to find someone who you want to be, um, try to and reach out to them and see if you can work for them, see if you can um, just learn from them. I've also done my own networking too. Uh, and networking looks very different in 2020 than it has ever been. I've gotten a lot of jobs off of Instagram, ironically, uh, just because I've learned to post uh, consistently over there. I've learned to use that as my resume, as a tool to build um, my company, essentially. And so, uh, again, that's a huge, another topic I, I want to touch on, but like networking, networking, networking. You can't ever have enough people to know, especially as a creative. Also, just a side note, you know, if you're able to turn your craft into something uh, commercially, you know, companies are looking for creatives all the time, right? So I would say something that's more utilitarian would be like a graphic designer or video producer, video editor, uh, because content's very important for any company, for any business, nonprofit, individual. So just having the ability to connect with companies can really help financially. Again, I can't comment on the type of work or the type of people that you're going to be working with. I, again, have been very lucky to be able to work with you know a company like Matic and with Adam and the team uh, for the last year and that's been an absolute blast and an honor to be able to be a creative producer there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, again, just network, network, find people that do what you want to do and just stick around with them. Number six, learn as much as you can. Keep learning and learning and learning because it just never stops. And in today's era, we have the internet, which means we can hop on the Skillshare or Linda or YouTube and find what we need to know, whether that's editing, how to use a camera, how to shoot. There's just so many tools out there now that it's really no excuse to not learn. So if you got an extra hour a day or just got an extra 30 minutes or 10 minutes or five minutes, um, keep learning. And that includes practicing too, learning how to um and that includes practicing too. So keep having your camera in your hand or make sure that you're on the computer editing uh, because, yeah, practice, you just can never get enough of that. <laughs> oh, all right, what else? Number seven, 
this is something that you may not think about a lot, but common courtesy. Yeah, you are thinking what I'm thinking. These are simple things that I think go a very long way, can be used in any industry, but I've noticed just for myself, smiling, saying please and thank you, having good manners, holding the door open, showing up on time. Oh my goodness, show up on time or show up early, guys. Like, it's the easiest thing for you to do, but it helps with professionalism. It shows that you're committed. Um, yeah, just, just these are small things that really help, you know. If you got to stay an extra few minutes to help clean up, do that because it just makes you look good and it shows that you want to help and you want to be there. So common courtesy. <laughs> I can't believe I had to say that, but it's helped a lot. Number eight, say yes to everything. All right. So if you're established, if you got clients, if your schedule is starting to get busier and busier, there's a time to say no. And I think I'm in a phase where I need to be more strategic about what I say yes to. And so this lesson evolves. But when you're first starting out, say yes to everything. Especially if you want to make it as a creative. Now, I know people who just want to do a particular thing, like just want to do wedding photography or just want to be a video editor. And that's totally fine. Just know that it's going to be harder initially if you want to specialize in something. Now, I credit my initial success as a career, creative career, um, in my ability to just say yes to everything and to adapt to everything. So when I first started out, it was just photography. I was like, going to be a photographer. And then video production came along. Need Creative came along, I should say. Uh, and they're a video production company. And as much as I love photography, there's a need and demand for video editing. So I said, I'll learn it. I'll pick it up. And here I am today, still editing videos for them. Um, it's a great skill that I have. It was definitely very hard. I had to learn a lot for sure. Um, and learn in an area where I'm not super comfortable in, but I've gotten better, I've gotten better, and now I can sort of establish myself as that. There's a lot, again, there's a lot to learn. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. But if you say yes to everything at first, opportunities are there. And on, on that note too, don't be afraid of taking free um, opportunities, opportunities that don't pay especially in the beginning. Like I, I know there's this debate of like, oh, like, you know, I should be paid for my time, my worth and blah, 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 blah. But if you're starting out as a photographer, videographer, and you need experience, free is honestly the best route to go. Yeah, again, say yes to everything. Make sure like you fill your whole schedule with opportunities and jobs. And I think, you know, when you do that, it'll be a telling sign of whether or not this is the right career for you. 
especially as a photographer, videographer. You know, if you're shooting every day and editing at night every day um, and you just don't like it, like that's a good indication that maybe this should just be a side hustle or a hobby, right? So on that note, number nine is know where your limits are. Financially, creatively, personally, etc. And this is sort of the continuation of my last point, which is once you get into a rhythm of saying yes to everything and opportunities are coming and you get shoots and you get editing jobs and all that stuff, know sort of when to say no. Know when the where the limits are and know when to stop when you hit them. So a good example of this is when I first started. I gave myself a goal financially, creatively, personally, and I said, if I don't hit these within six months, I know that the market has not valued me enough to continue. And it doesn't mean that I have to stop doing photography or videography. It just means that I need to consider going back, getting a job, making photography the side hustle until I try again. So I don't mind dreaming big. Dream as big as you want. I dreamed pretty big. I said, I'm going to switch careers. And yeah, it's risky. It's scary. (laughs) But I gave myself permission to do it with the condition that I knew there was going to be limits. You know, an airplane only has so much runway before it needs to take off. And so for me, I gave myself that runway and I said, if I do not make it into the air at the end of this road, I've got to land the plane and find something else because I did something wrong. (laughs) It's not to say you're a failure, but it's just to say that maybe it's not the right time. Maybe I need more experience. Maybe I need more practice. Maybe I need the right network. It's okay if it doesn't pop off, you know. Again, just knowing where your limits are. Like, I want to make another video. Again, I want to make another video um, because every creative field is different. And so knowing where your limits are and knowing how much time you have to put into this creative investment, knowing how much money you need, all that stuff just factors in. So on a side note, you know, money, as important as it is, it's not the whole answer for me. You know, when I made enough to be able to live fairly comfortably and to, you know, (laughs) be able to feed myself and to buy clothes and have a roof over my head, once all those were taken care of, I had to ask myself, what did I want to do next? And partly, you know, this podcast is partly the creative, you know, itch that I had. I wanted to be able to find a way to document and to express, you know, this journey that I'm on and just something I wanted to do. It's not making me any money. There's no sponsorships. As you can probably tell, there's no ads. Haven't asked for support yet. Probably will in the future, but I just want to see if I can do this. 
and I've, <laughs> you bet, I've given myself time limits for this as well. There's goals as, you know, for this podcast and I want to hit all of them. But if I don't, I just have to understand that the market's decided, you know, that this thing won't continue and I just have to live with that. Yeah. And just speaking about yourself, my last point, invest in yourself. This is a hard one for me because I did not do a good job of knowing how to invest into myself. I didn't even know that that was a part of this journey, but when it all came down to it, I decided for myself that I am going to put myself as a priority. And when that happens, generally good things happen. Good things follow. You know, a big part of it was deciding to go with the Sony a7 III, for example. That camera is not cheap. <laughs> but before that, I was on a Canon 70D. And, you know, I could have still used that Canon 70D. It would just be a lot harder. Um, there's just some things that I think I wouldn't be able to do. Now with you know, better equipment, I'm able to do more things. I'm able to um, be more versatile. I'm able to um, have more bandwidth. And just in case I make a mistake, I'm able to recover some photos. You know, that was that was a big thing about this camera, which is uh, it's got a huge dynamic range. I'm talking camera gear at this point, but you know, and it, it saved me on sometimes because I accidentally underexposed certain things or overexposed certain things. And I'm able to bring that into Lightroom and edit it. And uh, yeah, it's it saved me on certain jobs. Whereas if I was still on the Canon 70D, which is, you know, my cheaper camera, uh, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And the image quality wouldn't have been as good. So by investing in a better camera, I'm able to just be more versatile and just to do more. Um, and I can trust my equipment to perform at the level that I expect. This doesn't apply to gear. This applies to everything. You know, I'm pretty open about uh, my th journey into therapy with my friends. And I guess I can be open about that to you guys as well. Again, a whole nother episode. But learning to invest in myself mentally, uh, emotionally, um, back to point number five, which is, you know, learning as much as I can, investing um, my time by spending it on video tutorials and practicing. And then, you know, learning to invest my money. I'm not the best at it, but, you know, there's plenty of advice out there on YouTube on how to invest. And so, you know, I've got money in stocks and been able to fortunate to be able to invest in uh, like Roth IRA and all that stuff. I'm not, again, I'm not like the best money advice type of person, but it has been something that I have been thinking about more. So yeah, those are 10 things that I think really contributed uh, from going zero to 60 in my first year as a creative and anything that I've learned about a creative is that 
things are not consistent. Things are not certain. I could be earning a lot more. I could be earning a lot less this year. But one thing is for certain, I'm very happy with where I'm at. I'm, I feel very blessed. I feel very lucky. You know, a lot of that comes down to hard work, but it also comes down to other factors that you may or may not have any control over. So hope that helps. That's a little bit of what I've learned over the past year and a half or more. Um, again, this is like really high level stuff. I, I do want to dive more into each of these points. If you have any questions, please hit me up on the socials. They're all linked down below. Yeah, just let me know what you think. If you can relate to any of these as a creative or aspiring creative. And uh, yeah, hope that brings some people some value. So yeah, so this is you know another solo podcast. I'll probably do these every four or five episodes. Haven't figured out the cadence of it yet. Um, but also, again... Let me know what you think about this format. If you like it, if you don't. Uh, and yeah, I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.